Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank discussions of sex and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy! I bend and kiss him, his fingers surprising me when they pinch my nipples, and I'm lost in his lips. I circle my hips, rising up and back down on his length. He whispers how beautiful I am, how soft my skin is, how great I feel wrapped around him. In the dark, I forget all the reasons why we shouldn't be together, why I don't want a relationship, because to spend every night like this for the rest of life sounds like a pretty fantastic life. The wall I built around myself is slowly leveled as Cain moves in and out of my body and whispers words of promise and praise. For once in my life, the guy wants me for me and not for who I am. Neil. Yes. Uh, what, what, what? I, yeah, I'm like, the thing is too, like, I know what the, I know what the authors are trying to say with that sentence, but that's not true of the book. Oh man. And then this sentence itself is just nonsense. Nonsense. He wants, Um, he wants me for me, not who I am. Who, who are you other than you? I've heard it said before, like, when it's like, not for my money, or not like, I mean, and if she were a princess, but I know exactly who this bitch is. Okay, anyway, let's do this podcast. (laughs) Okay, sure. (laughs) Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is FMK Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Marry, Kill with the characters. We certainly do. Also, all the spoilers. So many spoilers. If you come here for just a light fun crisp little podcast that reviews romances and then lets you go read them nope nope <laughs> no we're not light we're not crisp and uh we are gonna tell you the entire story all of it <laughs> all, of, all it. of it um and if you don't want that that is totally fine with us please go you please go buy these books go read them and then come back with your own opinions and shout them at us through through your through your daily walks and chores and commutes we won't hear them but we're excited that you've, you've said something <laughs> <laughs> or share them with us on the social medias Oh, there's one social media in particular that you can join. Neil, tell them about it. Oh, well, okay, listeners. I don't know if you've heard about this thing called Patreon. Basically, you give us money, and then we love you, and we make more content. So, patreon.com slash fmklitpod, and you do have to put in the whole URL. You cannot find us because we say dirty words. We're bad. So bad. naughty. Naughty, naughty. So, Neil, you picked the books this time. I did pick the books this time. Uh, This time we read Offside with number 55, Hockey Hotties Book 6 by Piper Rain, and Enforcing Emery by Mickey B. Ashling. Yes, yes. And what was the theme? The theme was hockey players. Hockey. Hockey. A sport I know absolutely nothing about. And I feel like I know less now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so excited. But before we talk about it, Claire, uh huh, what's got you hot and bothered? Man, I was just thinking because we're we've read more than a couple of workplace romances, mm-hmm. and we are going to read more than a couple more. Mm-hmm. Like this is just the nature of it. But I was thinking to myself, from my home office, 
the workplace has changed an awful lot. When are we going to get our Zoom workplace romance? Oh. (laughs) I mean, it's so much harder to like, I mean, I want the falling in love over, you know, shared Zoom experiences and your the Zoom workplace meeting and the Zoom such and such. Like I am, I, I want that now. I want to see what that's about. I imagine that those, somebody started writing that book like almost immediately and they're probably going to be published very shortly. I mean, yeah. I mean, like there's a couple of probably like super fast ones that are already out. That we just haven't found. I'm sure they're out on Amazon and we just haven't found them yet. Haven't really gone looking for them. But um, so I'm kind of waiting for the big one. I'm waiting for like the big Mm. publisher with like the the fun Mm -hmm. illustration cover and like the cords going between them. Yeah. They fall in love before they even meet in person. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I love it. That could be fun. Neil. Yes. Hot and bothered. Uh, Mine is a two-parter. Uh, but it's themed, mm. so it works. Uh, the theme is ah. queer bars, and I wanted to touch on uh, the shooting at Club Q in Colorado because we uh, haven't. This is our first time recording since that happened, and how um, obviously terrible that was. Something especially terrible that I just like would like to bring to everyone's attention: uh, the shooter's estranged father. Uh, has been quoted as saying when he was told about what happened. And then I go to find out it's a gay bar. I said, God, is he gay? I got scared. Shit. Is he gay? And he's not gay. So I said, few. Oh, Jesus. Cause you know, it's fine if your kid kills queers, as long as he isn't one himself, oh. I suppose. Also, I just feel like um, pointing out uh, this uh, man is quoted as saying, I'm a Mormon, I'm a conservative Republican, and we don't do gay. But he's also done porn, so it seems like he just picks and chooses um, what things he feels like believing. So that's fun. Um, Great. So everything's terrible. Something good that's bar themed is i actually recently guested on another podcast called lost spaces where host Kay anderson interviews people about lost queer spaces that they have been to or used to frequent um so that episode is posted again that podcast is called lost spaces and for those of you here in san francisco i talk about the dumpster fire that was badlands Excellent. So that oh, I'm looking forward to hearing about hearing it. We will post links, links, links. I, I came out of that because it, it's very like it's a very informal conversation, and in fact, a lot of my episode is was more about just like my experience, like when I first moved to San Francisco and stuff like that, which is fine for like. He, Kay Anderson says it's fine, so I think it's fine, and I came out of it, and I was like. <laughs> Do I? Did I sound like an idiot? And then I listened to the episode. I was like, "Oh, okay. I sound pretty smart." And I made myself laugh, so that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was all the and the intention is um, that Kay wants to sort of have this like 
digital archive of all these lost queer spaces through the lens of people who went there. And I think that that's really amazing. And when he, he emailed me about it, I was like, Oh my God, this is like totally up my alley. I've written plays about like the history of queer bars in San Francisco. It's just like, anyway, so it's a lot of fun. Um, so listeners go check that out. And now that we're all hot and bothered, maybe Claire, we should cool off by getting on some ice. Ooh. Do you like that segue? Ooh, I give good segue. (laughs) This is you can't see. I padded my fake wig because I'm so proud of myself. Or imaginary wig. All wigs are fake, I suppose. My imaginary wig. Um, so let's 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 talk about some hockey. Yeah, let's put it on ice. Let's put, uh, that's what we say at the end. <laughs> I was putting the transition at the end. <laughs> I was putting the transition to the end. <laughs> Goodness. Okay. Offside with number 55, Hockey Hotties Book 6 by Piper Rain. Now a USA Today bestseller. The last thing any professional hockey player wants is to be the old man in the game. The guy who doesn't know when it's time to retire. Still, I can't bear the thought of leaving the game. This past year I've reflected on all my regrets, and I told myself that once I retire it'll be the time to find the right woman. But this is where it gets tricky. I think I've found her. Although she'll deny our connection to anyone who asks. We've been sleeping together casually, and since I'm still playing hockey, I've let her get what she wants. Me. Whenever she wants. After being told my career as a player is over, the owner of Florida Fury grants me a shot to stay in the game. A coaching position I didn't know I wanted until it was offered. The catch? He's also passing the family business down to his daughter. Who's his daughter? The woman who's been in and out of my bed for the past year, which means the woman I intend to make mine is now my new boss. <laughs> so I have to say, originally, um, the theme was going to be figure skaters and our other book does have a figure skater. And then as I was searching, this one came up and I read the back of this book. I'm like, this is bonkers and i want to read it so i changed it to hockey players (laughs) Um, so hopefully it was worth me changing my mind claire was it bonkers bonkers (laughs) bonkers um okay so first of all this is i think one of the first back of the covers we've ever read that does not have the names of the love interests in it oh it doesn't like there's no names in there and not only that this is a book that splits his perspective between the man and the woman Mm -hmm. like most of our books do but this back cover would not tell you that that was true yeah it does feel like it's just from his perspective Yes, I now that you say that, if it's a split perspective book, it's either like a third person narrator on the back or the back splits and we get a perspective from each of them. Yes. Interest interesting. I didn't even notice this. Yes. So, and then I also want to say the title of the book is Bad. <laughs> um and not that I actually Here's the thing. I actually think it's a great title. Offside with number 55, Hockey Hotties Book 6. I mean, that has everything I feel like I need. It's like, I'm doing bad things with a hockey player whose number is 55. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, and it seems like every every book in this series is blank with number whatever. And oh, it's their yeah. number on the team. So I, I mean, I was on... And also, let me just say... 
the man on this cover super hot like he's very attractive i am like we don't really talk about the cover models all that often and maybe we should have a rating system for cover models because why not but honestly good lord and i'm fine with that so yep. he's super good looking and i'm excited christine remind me to show you on the uh the patreon extra stuff because i want to get your reaction because whoo yes whoo indeed um here's the thing he does not play hockey this whole book because the very very first thing that happens is he is retired and made coach <laughs> so it is not number 55 it is the coach <laughs> not only is he made coach He's made the head coach when he has no coaching experience. Of a professional team. Who's slate like they are slated to make it into the finals or the playoffs or whatever. And then on top of that, we have our lady, who's the daughter of the owner, who gets made who gets handed the team. She's the owner now with exactly 20 None. minutes of transitional period. She has no training. Nobody's done in it he's the the her dad who's obviously the fucking worst he's just some rich fat white guy who's like i want this so it's gonna happen it felt very king lear to me he's like i give it to my daughter to test her and so i can just like fuck off on vacation whenever i want and still get all the money and she's just like he's made the coach with no training she's made the owner with no training and they're just like okay figure it out kids i'm like what is happening and then it doesn't go well at first obviously and i'm like yeah, that's what happens when you don't run your business properly. Obviously. Yeah, no, I mean, and I am not a hockey person. I am not, you know, I, there are sports that I enjoy watching, but I'm not into sports. I'm not a sports person. But even I was like, this is insane. I mean, I would have been more on board with this if this was like a minor league. Like there's, they, they don't, like, I'm sorry, but at this professional level, there are like, 10 coaches <laughs> right that was the thing if he even if he was made like one of those coaches or like even even the assistant to the head coach or something i'd be like okay sure believable but nope it's like hey you're too old to play hockey and you've never coached before come be our head coach yeah and i mean the weird. thing is i also came into this kind of excited because i as much as I'm not a sports person, I love sports stories. I love the underdog. I love battling it out like with your physical strength for a thing. I love that there's rules you have to follow and if you break them, you're fucked. Like Except for that weird Raven Ball book or whatever we read. Oh, well, that was that didn't make any sense. I mean, no, I mean I love the a story when it's told well. Oh, yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like I really enjoy that. Um I love like uh, sports documentaries. Those are great because you're just <laughs> in on the passion part. And then they also tell you, like, why is this hard? Why is this good? Like, why is Michael Jordan so good at basketball? Here's why. I don't need to watch every fucking season he ever played. Now I know. Hooray for me. <laughs> it's great. Um, if you are that person, skip this book because we are not playing hockey. Well, like, we do play hockey, but we don't see the games. We're not participating in we, them. We get, like, five lines from one game. And it's, like, the first game that he fucks up. So it's an away game, and he doesn't trade the players out. I don't know. Not important. 
Um, she's watching from an away because the owner doesn't normally go with the team, although that's bullshit, whatever. So No, she was supposed to, but he didn't tell her that she was supposed to. And he's like, well, you don't have a family keeping you. The dad was like, you don't have a family keeping you here, so why the fuck aren't you over there, daughter, who's fucking it up, even though I didn't tell you how to do know, this job and, and she at was all. just like i wanted to do it the way you did for a better transition but whatever so she sees <sighs> something happen on the ice that she doesn't approve of and guess what she's the owner so she gets to call about that so she, the next so she does and kane who is a brand new coach instead of taking the note or explaining or just talking about it mm-hmm. fucking bitches her out and here's the thing i uh she is his boss i am perfectly fine with an employee yelling at their boss it becomes sexual harassment when you say things like just because we fuck doesn't mean you get to tell me what to do Uh uh-huh he (laughs) said something like he said something like you wouldn't be tell you wouldn't be talking to me like this if you know you were like riding my cock or something i'm like where where did this come from this is very aggressive very quickly so after so they have this huge argument over the phone the next week because they got to travel back like she like he's going to go up and see her in her office so that he can yell at her for yelling at him um her secretary is like you cannot just walk in there (laughs) that is the owner's (laughs) office you are not allowed and he's like oh i'm allowed and she goes no you were not and he's like in his head he's like oh i fucked her i can do whatever i want Mm -hmm. so he walks in and jenna's like get the fuck out of my office i'm a busy (laughs) and she's like literally on the phone she's doing shit and there's like people there so he leaves he's like oh wait and, and she's and the secretary's pretty much like, yeah, that's what I wanted you to do. <laughs> See, this, I'm just going to sit here until she's available. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's what yep. we were hoping you would do. That's and then how this works. And then he's like, he's he gets pissed off with it. So he writes a note and he's just like, just tell, you know, she can come to me. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, <laughs> no, when she's available, she'll come find you. Oh that is perfectly God. acceptable. Like, what the fuck? You are a busy man. You're a coach. It's the beginning of the season. That's a perfectly acceptable thing to do. This all could have been an email. So... <laughs> <laughs> so he goes down to his office and so then when she's available Jana comes down she's pissed because one how dare he hang up on her when the owner was calling the coach two how dare he walk into her office and pretend like he deserves it three how dare he insinuate to the secretary that they were fucking so he gets to do whatever he wants she's gonna yell at all this at him and he says quote have a seat, Jana, but you can leave the attitude at the door. I've seen you come around my cock, my fingers, and my tongue. You're not going to intimidate me. And I was like, Jana, fire that man. <laughs> like, Je- jettison him into space. I was totally looking forward to um, these two people had sex and they kind of thought they were on the same team before because they were good at fucking each other. 
And then they're put in a position where they have to make decisions and turns out it's hard. And so they're arguing about it. I was looking forward to arguments about what players should we put in? What trades should we do? Like, what's the best play? Should Jana be, you know, in like the meetings with the players or should she not? Like, I was looking forward to those. Not immediately like, uh, you're not a valuable person to me because we fucked. Yeah. And I was like, no, this is not my jam. It felt really incongruous to me because for the rest of the book, Kane, with a K, uh, was like actually a pretty decent guy. Like he had this, the interesting stuff with his mom. He had the brother. He had the neighbors. He wanted a relationship with Jana, but he knew that she didn't. So he was just like, listen, I still want to fuck her, but I want more and blah, blah, blah. And like, it was I don't know. Like overall, he felt like a pretty decent guy. And then for these very particular moments that like disappeared after they became friendly again, he's just like, you can't intimidate me because I burn inside you, bitch. I'm like, well, listen, that's when you should be most intimidated by a woman. Yeah, I was not on board with this. And like, honestly, it turned me off so hard. Mm -hmm. I almost was like, I don't know if I want to read the rest of this book. Because this is, like, I don't want them to get together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, over... (sighs) Yeah, there was so... Now that I'm thinking about it, this is so... There's such little hockey involved. This is... If if you... Because this is the last book in the series. So if you're a fan of the series and you've read the series, this book will be fun for you because almost all of the other characters are the couples from the previous book and just sort of where they are now. And what I did appreciate is part of it was like two couples from the previous books have kids. And so then they're like, oh, we're going on our date night. And so Jana and Kane watch the kids and that like has an effect on their relationship. And that's a whole rant that I have for later. Oh, um, same. But the, the fact that the previous relationships and you didn't really need to know who they were. Like it wasn't integral to the plot that we know who they were, but the fact that they were there and part of these characters lives helped move the plot forward. And I did really appreciate that because we don't see that very often. It's usually like, Oh, we'll mention them or uh, with the treasure hunters, like, Oh, they flew a plane and then they just talk to some guy and laugh at him. Cause now he's going through an identity crisis. Cause he's realizing that he's queer. You know, fun yeah. stuff. Yeah, fun Ugh. stuff. I, yeah, if you're a fan of the series, you're going to like this book. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure it feels the same. But, I mean, all the expectations it had set up for me, mm-hmm. like, was really disappointing. And then, yeah, yeah, so as soon as we're out of that game that they yell about each other about, we don't see gameplay at all. Like, we're no. done with hockey. <laughs> um, so much so that the one gameplay stuff we do start to get, it's at a retreat. So because they're having a rough time, because everything's going bad, the dad comes in and he lays down the law. He's like, okay, you guys were supposed to go on a retreat before the season started. And he didn't. He still has a key to her office. And just like, I wanted to strangle that man. And then later he's when she's like, oh my God, I love him. And he's like, I'm so happy for you. I'm like, no, you're not. You walking piece of shit. Oh man. Anyway. No, I know. No kidding. Like I just, And I didn't know why we couldn't just have 
our main character, Jana, be successful in this moment? Why she just couldn't put her foot down and insist they do these things. But like, uh, so we just saw her fail and fail again instead mm-hmm. of be successful at her job. But we did see Kane be successful at his job. And it, so it was very frustrating. It's because she's a dumb lady with her dumb lady brain and all she needs to do is get married and pop out some kids and then she'll know how the world works. Exactly. I just, it was very frustrating. I just, so... <sighs> They go on this retreat uh, where, which, you know, to, to help. Was, the, the premise of it was pretty funny. I will the, give. I mean, the premise was funny. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the couple, too. And, like, the wife. They were they were basically on this, like, farm out in the boonies. And they had their phones taken away. And they did, like, um, team building exercises. And because Jana was the only woman, she was allowed to stay in the house with the couple who were hosting it. There's one part where she's talking to the wife. And the wife's like, oh, I, I helped you unpack her, like, whatever, whatever. By the way, you have very beautiful panties. Yeah, that was very funny. <laughs> and then Janet couldn't sleep because she kept hearing them bang all night long. I'm like, you know <laughs> what? Get it, you weird mountain people. That was all fine. I just wish we weren't there at all. Because oh, I was like, all of this could happen on the ice. All of this could right? happen on the ice. Like, we could mm. just... And the, the other thing, <gasps> and I really thought Christine would appreciate this, mm-hmm. was that all of the players were pissed about it because mm-hmm. it, because they always they don't like these team building things anyway because one they're a fucking team they do team building things all the goddamn time mm-hmm. but two because they normally do this preseason um, and now they're doing it in as a surprise mid season and they all have families. New all families. of them, all of the new families, and all of them are like, "No, you can't just surprise take me out into the woods, and you can't just surprise take my phone away." And everybody is like, "Oh, they'll get over it. They're a bunch of millionaires. They're just being babies." And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. This is a workplace important thing. Like, you cannot actually do that to people. That is not okay." And I just like, like, I was just so upset on behalf of all these men <laughs> who spent the entire weekend just trying to get their phones back. <laughs> to the extent where, like, one night, one of them like got up in the middle of the night and was sprayed down with. A, with a skunk because he was trying to sneak into the cabin that had all the phones <laughs> and it was shenanigans that were super fun and it was i was on board with that but i was still i was pissed because i was like we could have just done this at the workplace right all of this could have just been on the ice all of this could have been in the back room with plays I mean, I can't like emphasize this enough. I wanted to read a hockey book <laughs> when you when you said all of this could have happened on the ice i realized a scene that i didn't even know i needed until just this moment which was and it requires a little a little background one Jana has this really interesting moment that I, I i did really appreciate this that they were t- somehow they were talking about like fairy tales or whatever and basically she, says, she said like yeah my dad wanted to have a son but because he had his little princess he taught her to you know to ride her own white horse and take care of everything herself, but still never be as good enough as if the prince had done it. So it's like, that was, I appreciated that. It gave a lot of insight into her character and her relationship with her father, which like didn't, the relationship with the father didn't matter, but it, it, it revealed a lot that basically like she was basically 
treated like the son her father wished he had had, but she still couldn't live up to that simply because she's a woman. Anyway, then I'm like, well, obviously he put her in hockey. So now I wanted the scene where they were having a fight while they were like hitting hockey pucks on the ice across yes. at each other. Absolutely. I mean, and he even set it up perfectly because when they had their first argument, he yells at her. He's like, you've never even been on the ice. And I wanted to be like, now, okay, now we need her on the ice. Now she yeah. has to be on the ice. Also, she I don't believe that. I don't believe I don't that, believe the, that at all. her father who owns a hockey team and wanted a boy so badly would never like put her on the ice ever. No, no bullshit. Bullshit. Absolute bullshit. <laughs> and like, I also kind of actually needed, I needed Kane to prove himself as a coach to the players. Like he never did. Never had to do that. Never had well, to prove himself. Like he was like he all of his faults are the ones that we you and i as people who are progressive readers are putting on him other than that he had no fucking faults at all like mm-hmm. he was like he was a spotless guy um uh his best friend this is something we don't normally see in books and i did actually enjoy this i i'm not sure how to you know i'm just going to take it as a gift because i was uh, whatever it's fine his best friend is his next door neighbor who is a woman can i sorry i just have to interject really fast because the he and his neighbor who's 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 a woman they both have dogs and they kept being like oh my god our dogs are dating my dog is your dog's boyfriend and i highlighted it. i'm like this is straight people nonsense and then we found out that the neighbors were queer and like yeah. it's, it's a uh, lesbian couple i'm like unacceptable absolutely unacceptable to behave <laughs> like that fellow queers no no that is some straight people nonsense i and and so the thing that's normally upsetting to me is that, oh, he cannot have a best friend who's a girl unless she is completely unattainable, which means so she's gay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just taking it for the gift it is in that <laughs> a, a straight man has a woman as a best friend. He never once subjects her or talks mm-hmm. about her in that way. And it's not the straight woman with a gay male best friend (laughs) (laughs) it is a straight man with a straight with a gay woman best friend and you know what i'm taking it i'm taking it i'm just gonna fucking take it yeah hooray also can we talk about how he's like because you know it's like oh Jana's house is big because she's so rich and she grew up rich and i grew up poor my modest little house right on the beach in florida fuck off fuck off fuck Fuck right the fuck off um I okay, so I'm just gonna skip through a lot of things now because I just it doesn't have a matter. Rant. None of so, it matters. Right at this midpoint, nothing when, we do matters, Claire. Nothing we do matters. And right at this midpoint, where they go on the you know the team building exercise, they get mm-hmm. a chance to talk. They're hot for each other. They admit this, like they've had drinks at some previous event, whatever. I have to um, say, sorry, can I interject? I feel yeah. like that's all I do. I, there was, their dynamic is something that we haven't seen very much, and I actually really enjoyed it, that they started in a casual sexual relationship, and then they, like, oh, well, now you have to work together, and then over the course of the book, we see them having, like, dating, getting to know you questions, and they actually learn about each other, and then that's when they start to have feelings for each other, and, like, this, this part is very well done. I appreciated that quite a bit. Yeah, Magic Dick didn't make them fall in love with each other. Um, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
to that point, Kane was actually all in with her right away. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, she had magic pussy, so she would have 100% <laughs> Good for her. her right away if she was on board. But she had laid down the law pretty heavily that I am not ever getting married in my life and I'm never having children. This is just for fun. And he was like, okay. And there's an unfortunate thing where in his mind, he's like, if she ever changes her mind, I'm, I'm, I'm on this. And also she's going to change her mind. Like, you know, but whatever, whatever, again, we'll take the gift as it is given. Um, I was excited because they had both said that they don't want to get married and they don't want to have kids. And then Kane was like, whatever, we can be boyfriend and girlfriend for the rest of my life and I'm happy. And I underlined that and was like, hooray. And then I was like, oh no, I'm at 78%. Because I know that means it's going to change. Like that, that's not a truth. The last quarter of the book. So they are together and happy and they're winning games. So I knew something was going to happen. And what happened was, so she starts, and this is actually kind of interesting and also upsetting to me, but so she starts spotting and I'm like, oh, she's accidental pregnant. No. And she goes to the doctor and she is not. That was my first thought as well. She's having premenopause. And I was like, good for this book. Talking about that. And so she gets home and then I was like, oh shit, Mm. I know what this means. Because the very next thing was them babysitting the friend's kids. The very next thing was them babysitting the friend's kids. And she admits to Kane, she's like, I'm a little sad because I know that this means the choice has been taken away from me and now I want it. So I was like, oh no. Oh, well, okay. I mean, I, I, I get those conflicted feelings. Mm-hmm. I get it. Like, that's, it's a big deal. This was not the way I wish it was addressed, mm-hmm. but fine. Yeah, and I was I was like, Ugh. but then when she said, you know what? I don't care if we get married. I just want to spend my life with him and raise a kid together. I'm like, okay, I'm a little bit back on board because that's another uh, way to show like, oh, non quote, non-conventional love is still worthy of love. And I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. They can have their kid and they're not going to get married and they're just going to do their thing. I'm on board with it. That's not what happens. No, he breaks up with her because he's worried Mm -hmm. that she'll resent him um, for never being able to actually give her a kid because he doesn't want to have kids. This part, I was actually like on the edge of my seat. I'm like, what? How are they going to get over this? What's going to happen? Yeah. Uh, also because his reasons for not wanting to have kids are foundational to person being Mm. not just like foundation for decisions that you can just easily get over. Like this is the type of stuff you cannot get over with like 10 years of therapy. So when he was young, his very present in his life, very important person, father died, which of course he did because this is a romance novel, but his mother, uh, never wanted children and was now saddled with two of them on her own and was apparently already mentally unstable, uh, was not a good mother to them, had frequent breakdowns, frequent, uh, frequent suicide attempts and frequent hospitalizations. And because of this, like the book, like what the book reasoning was, if somebody was to die, you know, like, like in his mind, Kane is like, if one of us dies, the other one will be driven crazy. <laughs> yeah. 
and I don't want to leave a child with that, which isn't, which fine. We'll just go with that. But like, that's like being raised like that and then deciding, you know what? I don't think maybe people, some people shouldn't have kids and I've kind of decided I don't actually want that for myself. Like that is huge. Mm-hmm. And it's so much bigger than just, oh, we did this one babysitting thing and I feel better. Or I had one conversation with my brother who was like, oh, dude, no, mom doesn't love us. Like, it's not just that she's, you know, mentally unstable. She doesn't love us. You got to get over her. And he's and like, then, got it. And then top of that, like, oh, so you're, you don't want kids because you're scared? Is it because you're scared of what will happen? I, I'm sorry. Should you not be scared about the well-being of your theoretical child? Yeah. No? But no, he's I mean, a dude bro, so he, he can't be scared. He just needs to get over it, dude bro, yeah, dude bro. I'm, I'm all for oh. the, I want children, but I'm scared, and then you mm-hmm. help me get over it, like, storyline. But I got to need to, I got to feel the want to have kids early mm-hmm. on. It can't just be, like, everybody on the outside going, oh, he's so good with kids. He's so good with kids. Because I know lots of people who are good with kids for an afternoon. I know a lot of people who are, like... The child will just come up to them because they see this person just like cats do is like, oh, you were non-threatening and did not approach me and was not weird with me. So I've chosen you as the person I'm going to be okay with at this party. That doesn't mean you're a parent. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you want to be a parent. That doesn't mean parenthood is good for you. Yeah, because of course, when they babysat, like the kids were mostly really well behaved and there was like one little snafu, but it was funny instead of like awful like being around very young children is exhausting and disgusting and like when whenever we have a moment where it's like oh we want kids it's always like look how cute they are and not oh we've been through the trenches with these children and i still want this it's never like that yeah i also so something i saw on i think somebody tweeted this a while ago or whatever it was tangentially related i will bring bring it back i promise um talking about abortion and somebody said like the conversation is always are you sure you want to get rid of this kid and it's never are you sure you want to keep this child and i Mm -hmm. think that's very important like nobody like because the default is you want to have kids no nobody ever looked at jana and said are you sure Because you should be pretty damn sure if you're choosing to bring a child into this world. You need to be, like, not 100%, but, like, you need to be up there. If if you are changing your mind and making the choice to bring in a kid, you need to be pretty damn sure that's what you want. Otherwise, because then we have this example of what happens when women are, like, basically forced into having kids because of societal expectations, which is Kane's mom. It's like, we have an example of what happens if you don't want kids and just decide to have them because that's what society tells you you should have. You have a terrible life and two very unhappy children. <laughs> like, why? Yeah. I mean, <sighs> the things like, so she's going to premenopause. Uh, I mean, I haven't looked into it, but I can only imagine getting pregnant's not going to be the easiest thing in the world. It's mm-hmm. not like she's like, it's not just that she's running out of time. It's that time has dis- has made decisions for her body already. Her body has made decisions on, on behalf of time. Like it's, there's just, things are in motion already. And like the amount of emotional effort and labor that goes into the next step of the infertility process is more than just, I think I want kids now. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, I think I have to be okay with trying to get pregnant and failing for a couple of years. I have to be okay with um, seeing a doctor every two weeks for the next five years. I have to be okay with like, um, with the emotional upheaval of, of infertility shots and bad news. I have to be okay with like monthly expectations being dashed. I have to be okay with the possibility of not one, but multiple miscarriages. I have to be okay with the possibility that if I do get pregnant, I'm pregnant with multiples and I may have to abort children because I can't be pregnant with 10 babies. (laughs) Like, I mean, the, the, the amount of like going from just I never wanted kids because I didn't want that in my life to, uh, now I do. And having to make those decisions quickly, both of these are two people who are in their thirties, early forties. Like this is, this is a much bigger conversation. Mm-hmm. And I, in, in general, like it's a fantasy book and I know that, and I recognize that, but I also recognize that like myself, a lot of the women who are reading this book are going through that. Like they are in the moment of going through infertility or discovering they're infertile or have friends who are infertile who desperately do want children and love reading books about people who find their person and get pregnant. That is their favorite jam. And the blase nature of the way this was handled um made me sad mm-hmm. and i think it was i mean i understood again i get the fantasy i'm i'm not like blind to it but like it's just biologically not that easy <laughs> and i feel like it this book these characters their journeys deserved an open ending deserved a we don't know where we're gonna be but we're gonna be there together Mm -hmm. you know deserved a i don't i'm going through a lot with my mom right now and it's bringing up so much and maybe in a couple years i'll want kids but i need you to be prepared that i might not Mm -hmm. and like i think true love deserves that true love deserves those kinds of hard conversations that we promise we're gonna have later yeah and this you know, this book left it open to it. Um, on a final note, um, fuck you, Florida. Why Florida? Like, we could have put this any fucking where, and I know that they did it because obviously we've, we're in a series and we've been in Florida this whole time because sexy, whatever, bathing suits and ice, fine. But fuck you. I, you know, no, let's put it up state somewhere. Right. Uh, also, uh, something that really gets me is when she was like, okay, I want to have kids, but I don't need to get married. It's fine. And then immediately he proposes to her. And it's just like, yeah. why do we? And my thing too, obviously, if somebody changes their mind and decides to have kids, go for it. That is your decision. But in, Every single instance when a woman does not have kids, the narrative proves her wrong. Yeah. And it, it like, I think, I think we've had one 
one book that I can think of where a woman was like, I never want to get married. And at the end, she wasn't. And that was our really great uh, polyamory Victorian book. But I feel like every other time a woman is like, I don't want kids and I don't want to get married. You know that by the end, the book's going to be like, oh, dumb, dumb lady brain. No, 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 no. That's not what happiness looks like. Happiness looks like you with a ring on your finger and a bun in the oven. Yeah. I also have a really tiny tiny grammar note. Do it. It's not even a rant because it's a dumb thing. And like this moment just like made me laugh. Okay. (laughs) So English is hard. And again, I'm not even mad about this. But the difference of that versus which when you're talking (laughs) about something. And I just would like to read a sentence. She grinds on my cock that's turning fully hard. Again, this is a very pedantic thing. That sentence should have been, she grinds on my cock, which is turning very hard. Because turning fully hard is describing what the cock is doing. But because he says, she grinds on my cock that's turning fully hard, it makes it sound like he has multiple cocks. And she's grinding on the one that's turning fully hard while the others are not turning fully hard. (laughs) And again, I'm not mad. I'm not going to like, it was just like a funny little tee moment that I had with myself. I'm like, you know what? It, I wouldn't put it past him to have multiple cocks. Yeah, no, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm looking at his picture right now and going, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's Great. fine with me. <laughs> so is that, is that all we, is that all you had to say, Claire? I think let's, let's put that to bed. Yeah, let's, let's put that on ice. Offside with, there you go. That's how you use that phrase. Uh, that was Offside with number 55 by Piper Rain. Enforcing Emery by Mickey B. Ashling. Olympic figure skater Emery Lowe falls in lust the moment he lays eyes on his new neighbor, hockey player Nikolai Vetrov. On the surface, Nick is a typical badass enforcer, intimidating and dangerous on and off the ice. The only son of Ukrainian immigrants, Nick has been groomed from childhood to fulfill his father's dream of seeing him on the hockey in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Igor guides his son towards the goal with a controlling and oftentimes abusive hand, steering him clear of anyone who might ruin his chances. Although Emery is the U.S. national figure skating champion, he's in-your-face gay, and his audacious persona rubs Nick and his family the wrong way. Raised by supporting and loving parents, Emery is Nick's polar opposite in every way but one, his desire to succeed. Underneath the feather boa and glitter and makeup beats the heart of a fierce competitor, and this side of Emery's personality begins to close the distance between the two athletes. While the attraction is one-sided in the beginning, Nick finds himself responding to Emery's flirting, and before the, uh, the incongruous pair have any chance at any sort of relationship, they must survive the pressure of career separation, and most importantly, Igor's ruthless homophobia. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, good news... Bad news situation, folks. <laughs> the book is correct. There is rampant homophobia. <laughs> Bad news. There is rampant homophobia. 
Neil, okay. Tell me about this book. So, the I will say um, that that was fairly accurate. A fairly uh-huh. accurate summary of the book. Um, so we open with um, Nikolai, who goes by Nick, uh, who is from Ukraine, but most recently his family now lives in Canada because his dad idolizes Wayne Gretzky and wants his son to be the next Wayne Gretzky. So he took his family from Ukraine to Canada to give Nikolai a better chance at becoming a professional hockey player. And now he's been drafted onto a team in Chicago. So we open with Nikolai, Nikolai's family moving him into his new apartment across the street from Emery and his family. And I'm going to read a passage that's going to set the tone for where we are and what's about to happen. So Emery's, you know, kind of eyeballing Nick uh, across the street and says, look at those biceps. Tom, who's his father, Tom gave him a sidelong look of disgust. Emery, just saying, Dad, dealing with your orientation is one thing, but listening to you drooling over a guy is another matter entirely. And furthermore, Tom added, turning back to watch the progress across the street, don't even think about hooking up with anyone who speaks with an accent. If you gotta be gay, pick some white boy to do the nasty with. He's white. I meant American. So that's... That's what a supportive father sounds like. So that's Tom, the dad, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else. The supportive father. The supportive father. Um, So then uh, Emery goes across the street to introduce himself to Nick, and we don't see their first meeting because we spend time with Tom and his wife, Darlene, talking about how supportive he is of his gay son because of his dead gay brother. And this is where I would like to introduce a new segment called This is How You Know This Was Written by a Straight. This is how you know this was written by a straight. Um, So yeah, we don't see their first meeting. We have a whole scene where Darlene is assuring her husband that he's a good person because he's so fucking supportive of his gay son because of what happened to his gay brother. His dead gay brother. And we'll get into it later. Um, So that's fun. So then they meet. And then, of course, the xenophobia happens. Everyone calls Nick Russian, even though he's from Ukraine. Uh, Which, if anybody uh, is uh, very upset about what's happening in Ukraine right now, uh, do not read this book. Don't read this book. Um, Obviously, this book was written before the invasion of Ukraine. And in fact, takes place even before that. This book takes place in 2014 because we have the Sochi Olympics happening. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say this though. Uh, this book was published in 2020, which means it did come out after Russia had invaded Crimea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Fuck this book is what I'm saying. Fuck this book. <laughs> Great. So then we see um, Emery and Nick sort of chatting and flirting. And then Emery kind of sexually assaults Nick. Um, oh, no, not kind of. Like 100%. Nick yep. is saying a no, 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 no. And uh, Emery's like, you'll like it. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. And then in their conversations, uh, we find out that... Um, 
Emery's about to go to Sochi for the Olympics. And as a, a, an out gay person, that could be very um, unsafe for him. And then um, Nick has to explain what homophobia is to Emery because despite the fact that he is in apparently a very homophobic sport, he has never experienced homophobia because of how protective and amazing his supportive father is. And that's how you know this was written by a straight. What? So, yeah. Um, and then Nick is just like so flabbergasted by just how brave Emery is it just being himself all the time and it's just so brave and it's only because of his supportive parents. Listen, having supportive parents definitely helps. It helps a lot with someone's development as themselves as a person in any situation. But like, you can't say that the only reason someone has the strength of character that they do is because of their parents though i guess amory had no idea what homophobia is so maybe that's true but then like is it bravery if he doesn't know if he's not aware that homophobia even exists <laughs> like can you be brave about something that you don't know about who knows anyway and then they hook up and then um like ivan the dad comes to realize that they're like they know each other and he's like oh that terrible that terrible gay person he's gonna ruin your life he better watch himself when he's in russia because i still know people in russia um so then uh emory goes to the well first he goes to he goes to like connecticut to go see a new coach or whatever and then he goes off to the olympics and then um he does his song to Lady Gaga because he's just like so in your face gay. Oh my God. And then um, he gets in hot water because he paints an upside down pink triangle on his cheek as part of his makeup. And he ends up placing silver, even though everyone's like he should have gotten gold, but Russia's homophobic. So he only got silver. And then he was threatened with having the, the medal taken away because he was like the pink triangle could have been seen as like a political statement, which is banned by the Olympic Committee. And so we have the scene where he's like sassing the hell out of the Olympic Committee, oh which I God. appreciated that. I was like, that. oh, he is going to get that medal taken away from him now. <laughs> but he doesn't. But then um, all of his family is like, you, you fucked up. You put everything we've worked for in jeopardy because of because you couldn't tamp down your flame or however they say it. Like, that's pretty close to how they say it. And nobody once ever says to him, listen, this is shitty, but this is the way the world works. You can win or you can make a statement and you need to decide which of those two things is more important to you. Nobody says that to him. And that's how you know this was written by a straight like i mean no not only that like i would have liked to have seen him make that decision like why couldn't we just to see him decide like that he knows what's going on in russia like 
you know because he, he doesn't know what homophobia is claire he, he doesn't, doesn't he like, doesn't understand i literally wasn't sure what was going on in his head like i wasn't no. sure if he did the if he did the triangle because he he thought it was a political statement and then he was just pulling back on that later or if he really did genuinely was just like it went with my outfit y'all and i I literally didn't know. And I was like, that's bad writing. Yep. Because his entire personality, because he has no character growth over the... No. His character growth is he learns to tamp in his... Or tamp down his flame. He does tamp down his flame. That's was the like, message that he learns. We'll get into that later. Um, but other than that, and like being a slutty virgin, he has no personality. Oh my God. When he said he was a virgin, and I was like... No. No. He, <laughs> okay. So he was like, oh, yeah, I've blown dudes all over the place. I know what head is, but I've never met the right guy to, like, stick it in my butt. Listen, does that exist? Sure. When you're 18, yes, because these characters are 18 and 20 years old, BT dubs. Uh. When you're 18, sure, whatever. Is that romantic? I guess. Do I think this relationship is going to last at all? No. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. So, um, although this was one of the funniest points, so Emery's like, just stick it in. <laughs> and our man, um, <laughs> our man, Nick, who has had sex with a lady is mm-hmm. like, that's not going to work. <laughs> um, no, he does stick it in. And, um, Emery's like, Ooh, 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 slow down, slow down. And Nick says, girls never complain. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Well, but then he is the one that's like, uh, I know what to get. And he goes and gets the lard so that they can use that as lube. Gross. Um, gross. 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 Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I 100% say Nick at least knew what was happening. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, also. So then I think I'm getting, you know, listen, it's been a while since I've read this book and actually none of this matters. So I might be saying things out of order. Um, but there's a point they have a bit of a falling out because Nick, because um, Emery says that he wants a, he wants more than just a hookup. He wants a lover. I'm like, no 18 year old has ever said <laughs> I want a lover, but what do I know? Um, so then, oh, I forgot. Tom got attacked in Russia. The dad. Uh-huh. These guys were like, so they were like obviously going for Emery, and then Tom came in and saved him. Which I mean, listen, he he's Emery is young and apparently has no idea what homophobia is. So sure, and I can understand wanting to be in another country where you feel that your child is unsafe and being there to protect them. Sure, great, I understand. And then when he was able to fend off the attackers, even though there were three of them, they like hit his arm with like a pipe or something, Tom's arm. And then they're like, oh shit. And left. I'm like, no, if, if these are real CD Russian types, they're not leaving until the job is fucking done. But apparently not. Apparently also, being Ukrainian only gets you so much pull. So much pull. Also, I know. I thought that was funny. Like, I, I thought it was very funny that Igor was like, I know people in Russia still. And it definitely seemed to be his nephews. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, wasn't, it wasn't like the mob or something. It was uh-huh. these 14-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. so, so then... Now, but I do want to say... Uh, 
because we all watched the Sochi Olympics for the Russia of it all, because we were mm-hmm. all obsessed with how poorly Russia was pulling this whole bullshit thing together. And it was it was just a goddamn mess. But one of the things that was true, because we all saw this too, the Olympic Village was rife with sex. It's just hot young people fucking each other all mm-hmm. over that Olympic Village. And you know also why? Because they could not leave. Because there's nothing in Sochi that they could go and see. They had to be confined to the village. You didn't leave it. (laughs) And also, if you won a medal, you for sure didn't fucking leave it. You were there. So I don't know where the fuck he and Tom were walking around. (laughs) Who knows? Who knows any of it? Anyway, so because his dad got attacked and because he almost got his medal taken away, uh... Emery learns the very important lesson of toning down his flame. Um, Instead of everybody just like, they're so fucking supportive of him being gay. But the moment that he is gay pride in the most dangerous place to be that they're like, actually, we're not that supportive. Here's the, here's the thing. This whole book is we as straight allies are showing our support by telling you a queer person how to behave to keep yourself safe and we're not doing anything to make the world a better place for you that's where our allyship ends and that's how you know this was written by a straight straight. like fuck it tom is just like the world's fucking terrible tone it down emory it's like what are you doing what are you doing to make the world a better place for your son? You're not because you're being xenophobic and gross. And like, mom, what are you doing? Nick, what are you, what are any of you doing to make, to make it so that Emery isn't unsafe instead of teaching him how to be safe. And part of that teaching is hope to God you don't get attacked. Like that is not allyship. That is policing behavior and wanting the problem to go away, even though it's not going to. Like, that's stupid. That's awful. That's awful. That's an awful lesson to teach queer people, especially someone who is young and has obviously had a very sheltered existence. Like, he's been homeschooled his whole life because his whole life has been training to be an Olympic figure skater. So he doesn't have any other points of view. And obviously he doesn't read the internet because he doesn't know what homophobia is. Like, I'm not, I'm never going to get off this. I'm not, because the whole time too is like, oh, well, you know how they are in figure skating and they don't want you to act a certain way in figure skating. And I believe that to be true, despite how fucking gay figure skating is. I, I am sure that there's a lot of homophobia in there. Oh, 100%. But you're trying to tell me that he's in this homophobic sport and has never once experienced homophobia? Fuck you. Fuck you. Uh, Fuck you all. No, and I think there is a really interesting, important conversation about, I mean, because we've all seen interviews with black parents talking about having the talk with their kids, like Mm -hmm. what it means when you're pulled over by a cop and how you need to act in public and so that, you know, a cop doesn't kill you and that there's limited things we can do to change the world for our children as they exist right now. And, but also part of that talk isn't don't be more black. It's like, this is an unfortunate part of the world that is scary and awful and we're working on it, but you are still a black man. Like you Mm -hmm. were like, there's still, it's not like, it's not this you can go undercover very easily so do it (laughs) 
I mean, and it's an interesting conversation that I think deserves to be had, like what that means to be afraid for your child and afraid in the world, uh, afraid of the entire world when you love them so much. And that's a very interesting conversation to be had. This book doesn't have that conversation. Mm -hmm. So after the Olympics, of course, then... Emery, everybody, after the, the whole foo with the pink triangle and the medal and all of that, of course, everybody wants to interview Emery to talk about it. And instead of, you know, using this as a platform to talk about, you know, homophobia, he's like, oh my God, everyone just cares about me because I'm gay. They don't appreciate who I am as an athlete. They just know me for being gay. And I don't like that. And it's like, bitch, what have you been doing this whole damn time? Oh, that's right. You're entire personality is being gay that's the only personality you have as a character so now that that's not a good thing even though it never was a good thing now you're mad about it whatever yeah so he decides that he is going to help with nick's team he's going to make an appearance and do like a charity puck off or something um oh puck off a, a puck off the old puck off um, and so then Nick was like that. Okay. Listen, a hockey and figure skating are very, very different. I am worried for your physical safety, uh, because hockey is very, very violent and B you're, you're proposing that you come in and like try and score off of members of the team and they're not going to want to be shown up by you. So they're going to like. They're not going to hold back about it. So maybe I should teach you some hockey stuff. And Emery's like, great. I did hockey for a little bit when I was younger. I enjoyed it, but then I decided to do figure skating instead. So yeah, I'm just going to, yeah, teach me. And then I'll teach you some figure skating stuff because we don't find out. It was a 40% into the book after Nick has been an asshole to Emery at their first meeting about him only being a figure skated figure skater. Then Nick wanted to be a figure skater when he was younger. Yep. And that is... Anyway. um, (sighs) So then at this point they're dating and they're like, we need to keep our relationship secret. So we're going to make out in this public place all the time. I was... I... I, uh, No. Mm -hmm. No. And also I was... That was the one part of the book I was actually enjoying. Like I was like this lovely, like you teach me, I teach you stuff. I was like, oh, why couldn't if we, I wish we'd have gotten that at the beginning of the book Mm -hmm. so that we could build their relationship and Mm -hmm. see why they like each other and they learn from each other. There was just all these cute things, but no, it has to be about ruining things. It has to be about hiding and being in the closet. It has to be about like, oh, everybody's going to see us. And I hated it. Mm Mm-hmm. So then somebody at the ice rink leaks a video of them kissing and it becomes this whole thing because, because by this point, Nick has made a name for himself on the, um, Chicago wolves. They're like, not the big team, the like second big team. Yeah. Um, cause he had to jump in mid season cause they're one of their enforcers was out on an injury. And so he was like, I have to prove myself. And they're like, Oh, you're doing great actually. So he's become kind of a known name. And then, of course, Emery is famous. So when people see the video of them kissing, they're like, oh, scandal. <laughs> Scandalo. Scandalo. So Igor, the dad, finds out. And then he and um, 
Nick have a confrontation. And what I, f- I, I thought this was great that like in that, cause Igor is emotionally and physically abusive to the whole family, to oh Nick, God, awful to watch. the mom and the two sisters. And so then Igor tries to intimidate him and Nick, now that he has had some independence and like grown more into himself, realizes that like his dad was so much bigger in his mind than he is. And he's like, Oh, I'm bigger and stronger than he is. He doesn't, he can intimidate. Like if he, he can't like force me to do anything through violence because I can take him. So great. So then that starts us on this whole path where they finally have a confrontation and uh, Nick finally stands up to his father in one last confrontation, which doesn't happen. Put a pin in it. Um, so then we have the hockey game and that goes well. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that really happens. Oh, he like Nick talks about how much he hates cheating, even though he's cheated on his girlfriend a couple times now with Emery. I'm pretty sure Emery at one point said, Oh, it doesn't count. Cause you're just like letting some guy blow you, which is real shitty. Um, Oh, and then, Oh, Oh, this drove me fucking crazy. <laughs> fucking crazy so nick gets called in to talk to the coach because of this video scandal and the coach is like listen and nikolai's like i'm getting fired obviously this is the end of my career before it has even begun i'm getting fired and the coach is like listen next time something like this might come up just Give us a heads up so that we aren't taken by surprise by this whole situation. And Nicola's like, oh, you're not, I'm, I'm not fired. And the coach is like, no, why would I fire you? And Nicola's like, because I'm gay. And the coach is like, oh, there's another gay player on the team. <laughs> Fucking what? And Nicola's like, how did I not know that? And the coach is like, I guess you were wrapped up in your own bullshit. And Nicola's like, oh, I guess I was. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck, how did he never know? That is impossible. It is impossible. They go to fucking Hooters after every game. Do you think not one of those players would have made some joke about the other guy being gay, even if it wasn't malicious? Just sort of like, oh, I bet you're, you're just here for the wings, aren't you, Don, or whatever his yep. fucking name is? Yep. Or like a scene where the waitresses are super into him. It's like, oh, of course they're all into Don when he wants nothing to do with them kind of thing. Like... Fuck off. Fuck off. There is no world in which he never would have known that there was another gay player on his team. But what that sets up is that that guy, the one we didn't see, the one we don't know about, was the good gay. Because Mm -hmm. he's out, but he's not out. Out. And then he's like, oh. his personal life personal. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, you and Emery should come over and have dinner with Adam and me. And Nicola's like, who's Adam? It's like, bitch, he's obviously telling you that he's the gay one. He's like, oh, he's my husband, but he's in the closet still, so we don't go out much. Later we find out Adam is a doctor, and he just doesn't talk about his love life with his patients, which is normal. Normal. So normal. normal. Like, fucking what he's like yeah i thought it'd be weird if my patients like knew i was the gay doctor i'm like fuck up like there are no other queer people in chicago like what the fuck are you talking about i've had a bunch of doctors in my life i don't know if they were straight Uh, yeah Uh, they were 
just references of information for me. Right. <laughs> also, fuck off because, I mean, this is true here in San Francisco. I assume it has to be true in Chicago that there are medical practices that focus on caring for queer people. Mm-hmm. Like, just work at a queer doctor's office and then it's not a problem. Now, is it? Like, what are you even talking about? So angry. I was so angry. It's like, oh, yeah, there's another gay this whole time. It's like, fucking what? Fucking what? Anyway. Um, things that also pissed me off in this. This this pissed me off, this particular line. Um, I can't believe uh, you would assume I'm a fucking airhead who can be placated by a pretty new outfit. I'm not a fucking girl. <sighs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. So, thank you, Emery. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice. So, yep. that's good. Yep. Um, super fun uh, to read that part. Um, uh, oh, Emery also says this. Uh, after you'd married and lived an unfulfilled life as a breeder. Uh, do not like being referred to as a breeder. It's fine. Whatever. I get it. I would be perfectly fine with it. If there wasn't all this other misogyny all throughout the book. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, and then also this book uses the R word. Uh, we have not read. We've read a shit ton of terrible books. And this is the first book we've read that uses the R word. Yep. So that yep. was a surprise. Uh, there was also a moment where we see that Nick is exactly like his dad when he's talking to, is her name Marina? The, the girlfriend. Uh huh. And he's like, this is how it's going to happen. And I need you to be on board with that. And she's like, okay, like the whole, all of their interactions are him telling her what to do and her being like, yeah. okay, I guess. Uh, 100% what I wanted and was so excited about was I wanted this to be the cutting edge, but gay. And I know that makes me maybe not a great person, but that's what I wanted. I wanted a hockey player is who's like wrapped up in his manhood uh, is forced to do figure skating and the ice princess guy who, <laughs> who needs, a, needs a partner on the ice is pissed it's this one and then they have arguments slash ice dancing slash sex <laughs> and they fall in love with each other and then it's super important they win and then they play hockey together too because they're fun and good loving and it's great they fall in love and everything's fine that's what i wanted oh that's not what this is no and that's on me that's on me so to wrap up the, <laughs> to wrap up the plot um the the game that follows Emery's like puck off for charity or whatever. Um, uh, Nick gets r- really roughed up and has to leave the game early to go to the hospital. And then his dad shows up in his hospital room and is basically like, I'm your father. So I decide what's best for you and starts to smother him with a pillow because he's gay now. So he gets to decide whether or not his own son lives or dies. And in my head, I'm like, Okay, this is it. I mean, like, it's stressful because Nick is injured, but, like, this is where he finally gets to stand up to his father and put him in his place and say, you can't hurt me anymore. But what happens? Fucking Tom comes in. Uh Fucking Tom has the standoff with with, uh, Igor. And then he gets his redemption arc at the end because his brother, who was was gay and was terribly mistreated by his 
their parents committed suicide and he was like i wasn't able to save my brother but i was able to save you uh so fucking tom gets a redemption arc because that's how you know this was written by a straight uh one other one other entry into this is how you know this was written by a straight the only conflict in this entire book is homophobia that's the only conflict we have the entire book. Yeah. It's homophobia. Because that's the only conflict that gays ever have ever. Yeah. We don't have to worry about anything else. We don't have to worry about self-esteem. We don't no. have to worry about nope. that bitch at the office that we can't stand. We don't have to worry about, you know, being marginalized by society and facing higher numbers of suicide and homelessness than other than other segments of the population none of that the only thing we ever have to worry about we don't even listen we don't even have to worry about figuring out what to have for dinner tonight that's not a concern that we have no all we have to worry about is homophobia that's the only thing yeah it's so great so great and okay here's the thing mickey b ashling looks like your aunt trudy from nebraska she looks like a sweet old lady and i I'm willing to bet that this book was incredibly well-intentioned on her behalf. That like, this is, this is her, this was her saying, this is how I will change minds. This is how I will make the world a better place for queer people because of showing that their orientation, everybody said my orientation, which I have not heard a queer person use the word orientation in at least 20 years. Um, I feel like this was her thinking she was doing good in the world. And like, I want to pat her on the head and say, nice try. But this was a terrible way of going about it. On top of that, it just isn't well written. There would, there would be instances where like Emery and Nick would have an argument where Emery was arguing a, and Nick was arguing B. And then later he'd have, Nick would have the same argument with Tom where Nick was arguing A and Tom was arguing B as if Nick hadn't already had this same conversation on the other side with Emery four chapters ago. Like everybody forgot things that they had said already. Oh my God. And it, it was, it took so long to read this book. It was forever. It was stupid. It said stupid things all the time. (sighs) Like, um, like Tom was like, I hate the Russians because they're all full of commies. Now, I want to talk a lot about my union. <laughs> and I was like, fuck you, book, fuck you, book, fuck you, book. <laughs> I think American and white are the same thing. I'm a good person. <sighs> I'm sorry, one, one last entry to this is how you know this was written by a straight. Um, bigoted homophobic people were referred to as quote haters they were emery's haters haters fuck okay let's put this book on ice (laughs) let's put it under the ice (laughs) we'll get the union guys to take care of it go over it with a zamboni (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes okay claire Yay. I'm exhausted. I am exhausted oh, from this. So tired. <laughs> um, shall we play Fuck Mary Kill? Yes, let's do it. Are you ready? Am I ready? Are you ready? Am I ready? Let's play Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary Kill. Let's play Fuck Mary Kill. 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 Are you ready? Fuck Mary 
Great. Would you like to go first? You or go you... first. Okay. Claire. I have two. Mm, okay. Fuck Mary Kill. Mm-hmm. Kane. Uh-huh. Nick. Uh-huh. Or Wayne Gretzky. Ooh. Okay, I'm gonna marry Wayne Gretzky. Okay. I need um, to I don't even remember what he looks like. A uh, very wealthy guy. Uh oh, he's you know weird looking. Oh yeah. He well he's a hockey player. Yeah. Um, those I, guys. Listen, get hit whoever did his pucks. teeth did a very good job. <laughs> I mean look up young Wayne Gretzky. Oh, okay. He does look very <laughs> after I begrudge someone for being racist, I'm like, he does look very Slavic. I mean, I mean, he's, I mean, just like the book lets us know, like his, his, you know, father or grandfather did escape from Ukraine mm-hmm. <laughs> because of war times. Yeah. But no, Wayne Gretzky, young Wayne Gretzky, especially super hot. I thought he was very good looking when I was growing up. Um, uh, I'm on board. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to marry Wayne Gretzky. That's fair. Um, I'm pretty sure his hotness is the reason why people were writing a lot of books about what if a hockey player had to get together with a nice dancer and they had to fuck. <laughs> yeah. But so, and then I am going, uh, I am going to fuck Kane cause he seems good at it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm just going to imagine it's the guy from the cover and I'm perfectly excited about that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, not, I know which makes it's you not, sad, but I'm just going to imagine it, uh, which means I am going to kill Nick. Um, and I think that's fine. Don't smother him with a pillow. No, that was in poor taste. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh Lord. All um, right. I think I'm going to, marry Kane, but like it's not a marriage because he didn't he shouldn't be married no no he shouldn't so we're gonna be together just not married and then i guess i'll fuck wayne gretzky mm-hmm. um and then i'll kill nick all right because he he had to exp- he had to mansplain homophobia to a gay person like fucking what yeah. Ugh. No no good. No good, no good, no good. I, uh, All right. Anyway, Claire, please. Fuck, Mary kill. Yes. Figure skater. Mm-hmm. Hockey player. Mm-hmm. Uh, the owner. Uh, you know, so we're going up into the owner's box. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. it the owner of the hockey team, a hockey player, or a figure skater? I'm going to fuck a hockey player. Mm. I imagine it'll be a little bit rough, but like in a fun way. Um, like I, if I get slammed into things, it'll be a pillow instead of like plexiglass <laughs> or whatever they put up there. So I won't have to worry about my teeth as much. Um, I'm going to marry the figure skater. Uh-huh. Um, all I can think of is Michelle Kwan and how amazing of a person she seems. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know if they're all like that. I, I'm sure they aren't. But it's just like, yeah, I'd marry Michelle Kwan. She seems great. So I'll marry the figure skater and then I'll um, 
kill the owner and then find a way to redistribute their wealth. (laughs) What about you, Claire? I am going to fuck the owner Mm -hmm. because I want one of those long dates where they like whisk you away to Mm, a place to venice yeah like Mm -hmm. oh you've you've never had um spaghetti in italy then you've never had spaghetti we'd better go (laughs) and you know it would be of all of the amazing things in italian cuisine you know would be fucking spaghetti oh not that there's anything wrong with spaghetti but no of all the things so then we go there and then it's, of course, like at a private whatever. And, you know. Oh, yeah. It's on a it's balcony right on, overlooking a river. On Lake Como, you know, like you're right there. And it's amazing. And it's a private chef type deal. And then like you, you fuck there for a little bit. And then they're like, you know what? We're not done fucking, but let's take another trip. So we'll fuck on the plane while we're on the way to like Peru, where we will discover Peruvian cuisine and fuck there too. And Have you ever had take... spaghetti in Peru? Then you've never had spaghetti. <laughs> oh my God. If, if that person had a running joke with me, where that's what they said, I would marry them. That'd be the end of it. Like we were just, we're in love now. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you've I... never had spaghetti in Japan. Then you've never had spaghetti. <laughs> uh, there's a really good Peruvian place that does a really good brunch near me. Mm, oh my God. You, you, you remember it well, I'm sure. <laughs> they do very good Asian noodles there. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they do. Um, so anyway, like, and I'd like the owner of a team sounds like the person who's going to give me that, but I don't want a commitment. I don't no. want to do that. Like, that's it. Goodbye. All done. Yep. Um, and then I think I would like to marry a figure skater as well because I would enjoy going to those events. Like mm-hmm. if that's a sport I must tie myself to for a lifetime, I'm down. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. But the thing is too that like like any other sport, it's not forever. No. They're going to retire fairly young and then they're probably going to coach and then yeah. you'll that just like fine. have a nice life and every so often you'll get whisked away while they're on a tv appearance and you just like hang out in new york while they're on on the today show or whatever i'm down yeah um and so i'm gonna kill the hockey player the funny thing is this book is like people age out of hockey and they do people age Mm -hmm. out of hockey but actually hockey is one of those sports where people actually that's one that they're there for a long time because you can avoid fights or you can like be there for hockey and rugby even though they're like two like pretty like visceral sports, like actually guys last a really long time in both of them. Can we do rugby as a theme soon? Because rugby players, I keep their... expecting you to come up with that. Bug. I know, and I have a bunch of them on my list. I will, okay. I will be honest, they okay. are on my list. But I keep expecting you to do it. I know. You think I with those broad shoulders and those shorty shorts? Oh, oh, all that touching, all that touching. And there's a gay rugby team here. I've been trying to find a way to sleep my way through it, but no success. You have to go to more of their games. Oh no. I need to find out where they go. <laughs> I need to find out where they go drink after the games. <laughs> That's what I need to do. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Um, I have another one for funsies. Do you want to do it or should we just move on with our lives? Um, let's do it for funsies. Okay. Claire, mm-hmm. fuck, Mary kill mm-hmm. the Florida fury, the Chicago wolves, or the U.S. men's Olympic hockey team? 
Oh no. <laughs> Oh, okay, I'm marrying the USA Olympics men's ho- uh, hockey team. Uh huh. I'm marrying that. Um, it's a very ephemeral relationship. Yeah, I mean, like honestly, it's a very like uh, <laughs> good for them. It's made up of all a bunch of players from all over. Like it's one of the like any time it's, it's like the basketball, like the men's basketball. It's like. Those people are professionals. Like everybody else in every other sport has to be a non-professional and they have to prove it somehow. But oh no, it's fine for like the basketball. They can be professional players. Fuck you guys. Anyway, I don't mind too bad. I don't have to spend a lot of time on it, so and you get really excited and yeah, so uh I'll marry the USA men's hockey team. I'm gonna kill the Florida Fury because fuck Florida. That's <laughs> like no other reason except fuck Florida. That's like fair. I'm, I it's apparently full of men with new families, but fuck Florida and um, modest beachside houses. And I am apparently going to actually fuck the uh, the Chicago uh, Wolves. Look, it's just like one of my favorite parts of this book was that. It had no bones about the fact that these men are not well paid. <laughs> like, <laughs> they are work a day. I appreciated the hell out of the fact that he got there, and the very first thing that happened was an HR discussion because he needed to sign paperwork about his health insurance, <laughs> and there was discussions about visas because he was coming in from another country to play. Mm-hmm. So, like this was there was a lot of logistics, and I fucking loved it. <laughs> I was like, this is great. Plus, you could um, fuck Don or whoever since his husband's in the closet. And by that, I mean, just doesn't talk about his love life to his patients. Yeah. So stupid. Yeah. So anyway, that's Ugh. that's my... And Neil? Um, I think I'm going to also marry the U.S. men's hockey team. And then it will be annulled when the hockey or when the Olympics are done. And then we both, we all move on with our lives. And I think I'm going to fuck the Florida Fury. I, you know, like fuck Florida, but they were mostly people. Whereas the Chicago Wolves were just like, I play hockey now. And then we never saw that person ever again. So yeah. they, they were, they were made of cardboard. <laughs> the the chicago wolves so i'm gonna kill them just because i don't i don't know anything about them whereas like i got a sense of who the florida fury were as people and some of them made me laugh that's it excellent yeah and about of all the characters claire um oh man okay well i am gonna I'm going to fuck Kane because it mm-hmm. sounds like fun and I'm going to imagine it's that guy. Um, I am going to marry um, Paisley, who is someone we didn't talk about. And whose nickname was Pays. I hated it. I but hated like it the so funniest much. part about it was like every, uh, every time she was introduced, it was like my best friend Paisley. Like, like every fucking time and i was like who your best friend oh my best best friend friend. paisley who's very pregnant my pregnant best friend paisley which paisley oh your best friend (laughs) god damn it 
But I am, um, I'm going to marry her because she was also a doctor. She seemed nice and she gave good advice. And I don't want to marry anybody else. She was a, like a sports doctor, right? Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. 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 yeah obviously, obviously she was book five. The, yeah. The main character of a different book and probably has problems. I'd hate her for in that other book, but fuck yes. it. And this one, she's fine. Yes. Um, and I'm just, um, I'm, oof. Yeah. Goodbye. Enforcing Emery. All of it. Yeah, the whole thing. Emery's younger brothers were nice. Look, also Nick's uh, sister was also great. And uh-huh. talking about being an actual ally, Nick's mm-hmm. sister was an actual ally. Yep. Um, but uh, that's she's too bad. She's got to mm-hmm. go with the rest. Yep. <laughs> Fair. Um, I'm also going to fuck Kane. Because I just pictured the guy in the book and he's sexy. And th- I mean, that means he won't be intimidated by me anymore. But I guess that's something I'll have to live with. Um, I'm going to marry his neighbors, the lesbians. <laughs> yeah, we uh, barely know anything about them, but they were the only people in all of these books that were worth a damn. You are correct. You are uh, correct. And then I'm going to kill Tom because he is uh, xenophobic. He, he's homophobic in in a weird way that he doesn't realize. Well, he's misogynistic, um, and he stole uh, Nick's like final showdown with his dad so that he could have his own stupid redemption arc that I don't care about. Like Tom is the main character of this book, and that's wrong. That's not how it should be. Fuck. And the books, Claire. Um, well, I am going to kill Enforcing Emery. This mm-hmm. is a bad book. And, um, there was the few redeeming parts were accidental. Um, right. <laughs> and, uh, it, this was, this was an extremely upsetting book. Um, mm-hmm. I was not happy with it so much so that it's made me like feel better about offside with 55. <laughs> um, like, it's like, I don't want to kill offside with 55 mm. because I, you know, sentenced this other one to death, which was obviously worse, but I'm I love, ki- I love Claire that in previous episodes, you're like, we have to judge them separately. And I'm like, no, I never do. And now yeah. you're, I you're know. doing, you're pulling. But I'm going to, I'm going to kill offside with 55 too, because again, like it, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just disappointed me. I didn't, the expectations weren't there. I just, not enough hockey. <laughs> there was no hockey. Yeah. No fun. I, and it wasn't fun. It wasn't as fun to read as I would have liked. Yeah. Yeah. I am also going to kill Enforcing Emery. It's going into the Zamboni. Like, see ya. Uh, bye, Felicia. Um, and then I'm also going to kill Offsides with number 55. Parts of it were nice. It's just like... Oh no, another woman who's proven wrong for not wanting to have kids. And then his weird thing, his weird thing, you can't intimidate me because I've been inside you. That was bizarre. No. Also, it was in Florida and fuck Florida. So (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to kill both the books. All right. That's, them's the breaks. That's them. Uh, Hey, is it time for our favorite game? It's time for our favorite game. Yes. I'm a little punchy. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Okay, okay. Ready? Hit okay. me up. All right. Okay. The books are 
swearing mm-hmm. at a sea monster and enemies to lovers monster romance folk haven book three by lauren Connolly and tentacles and triathlon triathlons jesus tentacles and triathlons leviathan <laughs> fitness book two by ashley bennett <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to articulate this theme. Is I mean, it's sea monsters. Yeah, it's sea monsters. <laughs> <laughs> I am also so excited, Claire, for the whole episode for you to just say monsters. <laughs> because for whatever reason, you don't say the word monster. You monster. say monster like it's a cheese or a 50s TV I just, show. I just can't hear it. I just cannot hear it. <laughs> <laughs> like, my sister was laughing so hard at me the other day she was just like it's true and i was like it's not i say monster and she's like you just said it and i was like i said monster she's like you said monster oh my god it was the funniest <laughs> thing so anyway yeah we're gonna have to put up with claire apparently saying the word wrong which she thinks she's saying right i mean listeners have heard you say it wrong before this is nothing new but <laughs> It'll it'll just be even more so now. <laughs> also, also, sorry. I'm so excited for this theme. This is such a good theme. Ah, <laughs> uh, tentacles and triathlons is just a mwah like title. And it's Leviathan Fitness yeah! Book Two. <laughs> like, how much Leviathan Fitness do we need? Also, oh, uh, because I know it's Le- some people say Leviathan, but I say Leviathan. Um. I don't, I don't know. know. Well, so maybe first, everyone make fun of me too. Book it's in fine. The series is Muscles and Monsters, Leviathan book, uh, fitness book one. But that one is um, is a woman and a wolf. So this particular author, like, is definitely oh. like the next one after this one too is Griffins and Games. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> This is, it's going to be stupid and it's going anyway, to be amazing. Anyway, so but we're reading Tentacles and Triathlons. Great, 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 great. Sea monsters. I'm so excited. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, Christine, we promised our listeners uh, a Ramiro update for, as apologies for being late with yes. this episode. So the big news in Ramiro's life, which I... I don't think he knows it's coming, or maybe he does. I have recently, and I know I am a very proud late adopter, I have very recently joined Instagram, this newfangled website <laughs> that everybody's talking about. Um, and one of the things it has started recommending to me are the multiple pet communicators in the world and my first reaction was like oh my god this is so embarrassing and a week later i am very much on the verge of booking an appointment so that i can get some answers from ramiro um and just be surprised by what he says like is he just going to admonish me for telling the world about his foot fetish i don't know I don't know. Does he want more tuna? I do have a feeling the entire session will be pretty tuna centric. Um, <laughs> there's also things where like, maybe I'll get to ask him a question via the pet psychic. Like, 
does he understand that I am trying to help him when I clean his ears? Like, if I could get that through to him somehow. Also, see, also cutting your nails so that you can <laughs> slide all over the floor. So you get a little bit of traction. I am really genuinely trying to help you, little buddy. Um, also, I would like an answer to the age-old question of, how many kittens do you have? So Ooh. I'm sure he doesn't even know. Oh, even if he could say, he, really, he, grew up, I don't know. He, he grew up on yeah, the he streets. He grew up on the streets and he fucked, you know, when he was out there. <laughs> he, was, he was a very sexy cat in cat yes. terms, I think. Yeah, if I we know, know anything for sure, Ramiro can get it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. So even in his older Goodness. age, he can get it. So I'm sure. If you- oh, my God. Please. <laughs> tell us that you're going to book it and everything yes, that happens yeah well i don't know if she would let me record it so i don't know but you can tell yeah, us about it after yeah. if nothing else take copious well notes. yeah maybe she would let me like record it just for my own purposes and then i could transcribe it <laughs> Ooh. and then there you go Ramiro that's a nice meowed, loophole. but here's what he meant by that meow <laughs> <laughs> yeah great well thank you christine why thank you thank you claire thank you so much christine thank you neil thank you listeners thank you so much listeners you are such wonderful amazing fantastic people sexy too you are the toe pick that makes our ice dancing possible oh my i don't know <laughs> what that means oh you need to see the cutting edge. <laughs> oh my god! Who's in it? Deep cut. I mean, uh, uh, this is uh, this is from uh, 1992. Ooh! And it has Moira Kelly and DB Sweeney in it. I don't know who those people are. You yeah, know Moira is... Kelly. She was. I feel like you know her to see her, and I can't recall what she was just in. Okay, you know what? You know what? Don't uh-huh. even don't. Th- we're gonna watch it. We're okay. gonna schedule a date after oh. this is closed up, and this is gonna be one of the movies we're gonna watch. For she that. was Nala in the Lion King movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. This is gonna be one of the movies that we are gonna watch. Okay. Um, it's a classic. Cause it's I love it, and I and I think uh, it. Oh, she was in One Tree Hill. Okay, to sorry. To hear your opinion on it. Okay, great. I'm going to hate it, probably. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) You're like, yeah, that's that's the point of it all. It is of an era. It is of a time, of an era, and it is classic. Mm -hmm. Goodness. Great. Okay. Um, Anyway, (laughs) thank you, listeners. If you can, please consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash fmklitpod. Again, you have to put in the URL. You can't just search for us there because we say dirty words. Mm -hmm. Thank you, authors. Thank you so much, authors. I know that we kind of, we say mean and terrible things about your books, but we are proud of you for putting things out. Um, Honestly, except for Enforcing Emery. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think this should have existed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So unlike we said at the top of the episode, don't don't go read that book. Uh, Anyway, um, and I think that's it. Uh, That's all we have to say other than if you can do so safely. And consensually. And bundled up with some hot cocoa. 
and and maybe enjoying a lovely bit of some sort of ice sport. <laughs> Key. Key.